0: welcome wonderful well to episode 5 of the travel podcast the world begins with you I am your host Jules and for today I am joined by the lovely research scientist and travel blogger Laura rice so could you please introduce yourself
1: great Thank you Jules it's a pleasure to be here <laughs> so I am a microbiologist I study bacteria and I am am a research scientist. That is my primary job, my full-time career. I've been doing it for over 25 years now. And I am a technical writer as a result of being a researcher. And what I've found over the years, passionate about travel. And to take a break from all the technical writing, I've recently decided to begin blogging about my travel adventures. So mm-hmm. It's a great way to kind of balance both sides of my brain, the right and the left.
0: (laughs) It's the perfect balance as well. And I'm very glad to hear that. And it's really cool that you are a research scientist. You're like one of those people that can definitely be the next um, Hulk. (laughs) 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 You can be like the next Marvel superhero. Uh, But it's, yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's really cool that. You know you also get to travel as part of your job and uh business travel is quite a big part of your travel adventures right
1: that is correct i travel quite a bit for business Yep, globally so it's yeah. exciting
0: yeah and it's really cool because you try your best to enjoy yourself during your business travel and how like for those business folks that have to business travel and kind of maybe hate it. <laughs> what advice would you give to them?
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because especially if you have a family and you know, and children, you're away. Um, so I, I guess I just feel like it's an opportunity, and you have to make the most of it, right? You you have a choice when you wake up in the morning. You can either choose to be miserable or choose to make the most of of your day. And, and I guess that's kind of how I approach business travel is that it's part of my job. It's something I'm asked to do. I can choose to make it miserable or choose to make it really an adventure and, and enjoy the experience. I'm yeah. away anyways. May as well make the most of it.
0: <laughs> Might as well be happy.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: No, but honestly, I think that is very important. Like whenever people ask me, Are you going to go away, you're going to be so far away from your family. Like, all I can really do and all I can really think is I have to be positive about it and I have to be, like, I do have to find the good side of it because if I'm miserable about it, then I'll kind of stay miserable. So having the right and optimistic mindset, I mean, it might be difficult for some people, but I think it's a huge part of that. And, you know, having that gratitude, to be where you are right now so i think that's a fantastic yeah. tip that you gave yeah. yeah
1: and i think it takes practice right i mean maybe start out with something simple like enjoy a nice meal even if you have to do it by yourself you know treat yourself yourself to something a little bit special or you know yeah. take the time to read a book while you're on the plane or you know just enjoy the time the alone time we don't get enough of that
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's very important i'm glad that you said that yeah i mean just like moments like downtime and alone time and time for quiet is so important and especially with everyone and their busy lives i just don't think we realize that enough so thank you for that Yeah. (laughs) yeah but along with your more of your travel experiences uh what was the moment that realized that made you realize that you wanted to travel more and you know have have experiences of traveling while you go on your business trips
1: so i I think i have kind of a different answer to this because Mm. i think it was really more when you invited me to be part of your podcast that i realized that i've just been infected with wanderlust my whole life (laughs) (laughs) you know when when i was six months old my, my mother loved to travel and i grew up just hearing her fabulous travel stories um you know she was second well, first generation in the US, her her parents immigrated from Germany, and so she would go back to Europe every summer. I mean, taking the boat over to Europe with her, you know, her twin sister and her girlfriends. And so I just grew up hearing these stories, and then from the time I was 6 months until the time I went to college, my mom, you know, saved up her money and took us down to Gulf Shores, Alabama every summer. And wow. so for me, like, I mean, travel has just always been a part of my life. Oh, bless you. Uh, <laughs> did so- you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been such a part of my life that I think I've always been infected with that, that desire to travel. And that see is the world.
0: awesome. Yeah, and your mom is such a hustler like to just save the money and to go by boat back to Europe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like when she was in high school and kind of a young, you know, just out of high school and she had her little beauty business, her and her friends, they, you know, cause you didn't really fly over to Europe. You took the boat and that was part of wow. the the travel adventure. And so the first time I went to Europe was also on the boat. Wow. That is so cool. I mean, yeah, make my not yeah i mean my mom my grandpa and i drove from chicago to new york my grandpa drove his car on the boat and we went to europe and then my dad flew over and met us
0: wow oh that's cool so like you could take the car on a boat and then drive
1: there to your own car yeah exactly holy crap how long (laughs) was that i'm old (laughs) but that's amazing you don't look like, like 1970
0: Oh wow. Actually that is that is quite recent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've like heard that's quite
0: recent. And how long would that journey take you?
1: Like several days.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Would you get seasick or is it have well, you ever been on a cruise?
1: I have been on a cruise. And and I, I mean I love water. I've been on, you know, live aboard dive vacations. Um oh, wow. I, I go deep sea fishing. So um You know, the bigger the boat, the less sick you get, I feel.
0: Uh, (laughs) Wow. And uh, so you still get seasickness even like after all this time traveling often by sea.
1: I do. And and the funniest thing is I think like Lake Michigan in Chicago for fishing, you know, in a smaller boat can get pretty rough. But I will (laughs) say when I do get seasick, I usually catch something.
0: Oh, oh, like when you're fishing. (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first like thing. like my good omen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm seasick. Yes, I can catch a fish. <laughs> that is incredible. Like I'm just imagining days out at sea, like would you get bored? Is there entertainment on the boat? Like a
1: little bit. So yeah. um, I've had the opportunity to do like a live aboard and that was just amazing. It was in the Bahamas and it was a vacation that my husband, my cousin and I took together. And it was just so fun. I love to be sailing and, you know, at a place where you just don't even see land. It's so relaxing to me. And then I did have a chance to do our research cruise aboard a research vessel. And that was amazing to be like circumnavigating the Bahamas and, you know, with scientists from all around the world and to have a chance to dive on a mission, right? Like every time we were underwater, we were actually, you know, collecting something or measuring something. So there's, to me, there's, I'm a water person and maybe it was because I went to Gulf Shores from from the time I was six months old, but I just, I love being surrounded by water and, and when you can't see land there's just something so peaceful about that in good weather
0: okay <laughs> hey, that's true oh my goodness being at sea when it's bad weather is just oh scary. It's a rough time. <laughs> yeah. it's scary. that's incredible you really are like one of those like to be marvel superheroes. <laughs> But they like
1: a drop, every drop of water at a time.
0: Yeah, most definitely. You can be like aqua woman or aqua hero. But that's the, But like with that being said, uh, what has been your favorite city so far? Because you definitely have had an extremely different experience from, I think, the rest of the guests so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've traveled around the world. I've been to... Um, forty eight states, and the two that I've missed out on, maybe you wouldn't expect, but uh, Delaware, which with all of the water in Delaware, you would think I had visited Delaware yeah. and then North Dakota.. Oh, so, wow. so other than that, I visited all forty I visited visited forty eight states. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, and i I, I lived in San Diego. I recently went back to California and lived in the LA area in a really cute little neighborhood called Belmont Shores in Long Beach. But I have to say, Chicago is my favorite city. I moved to California twice and came back. I left the Midwest and lived in Southern California, beautiful place to live. But I just, I love the Midwest for the seasons. And Chicago is, again, I'm a big fan of water sports. Mm. And the lakefront in Chicago is beautiful. And I know you had a recent podcast guest who also yeah. mentioned that Chicago is his favorite city. But yeah. it's just it's a special place. I mean, you know, you have some of the world's tallest skyscrapers right next to a beautiful lakefront. And you have these neighborhoods that really embrace their cultural heritage And I just, I love that part of it, you know, where you can go to kind of the old German town or the Latino neighborhood or Chinatown and and they just, they embrace their cultural heritage. And so it's kind of like having a little bit of the world in Chicago with this gorgeous lakefront with beautiful beaches. I think people don't, you know, with sand volleyball and kayaking and jet skis and boating. It's just such a wonderful place.
0: Wow, yeah, actually, I the in episode four of the podcast, uh, I just talked to her and she said that Chicago is like her third favorite city. And yeah, were you born and raised in
1: Chicago? I was born and raised in (laughs) a suburb of Chicago, so I am totally biased, but I've traveled all over the world and it's such a beautiful city, yeah, you know. your Other guests mentioned, right? Like all the great culture and the sports and the food is unbelievable. Yeah, but I, I don't,
0: yeah, uh, um, but I really like now that you've said that, I really look forward to seeing like your skyline because, personally, for me, uh, and I'm to be honest, I'm not like a biased person. If I was going to tell you my favorite city, it's not Sydney, <laughs> but. But I have to admit that my favorite skyline is Circular Key, which is in Sydney City, where you see the Opera House and the. Exactly. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And I can't deny that. But the more that I'm hearing about Chicago, and I also heard really beautiful things about San Francisco, the more I just want to be able to know what it's like and see what it's like because it's it's really lovely to hear that there are other culturally diverse areas like within America. And it's really fascinating to hear about those different cities. So yeah, you make me look forward to it. It's really it. And-
1: so let me know when you visit. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Thank you. Yay. <laughs> um,
0: do you come in the suburbs of uh, Chicago or do you live in the city area?
1: So I used to live in the city and then we moved to the Los Angeles area. And when we came back, we moved into the suburbs. It's just, it's easier right now with, you know, a family yeah. and, um, and just with work, it's an easier commute. It was a tough commute to live in the city and work out in the suburbs. So right now it's a little bit easier.
0: Ah, cause do you prefer living in the city or living in the suburbs?
1: You know i like them both for completely different reasons i mean you know we always say like when our son goes off to college we'll go back into the city um because, because right like you just have access to so many things um but there's something more peaceful and relaxing about living in the suburbs we have a beautiful home with a nice yard and and we still live right in town so we can still walk to all the restaurants and the grocery store um, I mean, and we're, we live in, you know, a, a beautiful neighborhood with a river and a nice park. So again, yeah. it's that water theme, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> yeah the water, now it's a river, not a lake. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved living in the city. I mean, you know, we used to slap on our roller blades and wake up early on a Sunday morning. And it's like, we owned the city, right? <laughs> kind of peaceful.
0: Yeah. Were you like, um in your young adult or your teenage years when you were living in the city?
1: So living in the city, young adult. So <sighs> just starting our careers. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, wonder. like 10 years in the shadow of, well, I still call it Sears Tower, but most people call it Willis Tower. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, like when I started, because I also live in the suburbs of Sydney, And then when I grew older, I had to go to university in Sydney City. I currently work in Sydney City. And when you said that you feel like you own the city, like, you know, especially going out late or I, my favorite part is being out in the city during summer. It's 9pm and that's when the sun sets and you just sort of feel invincible or like incredible when you're, hanging with your friends so it's really interesting that you say that but like because I lived in the suburban, suburban, Subur- <laughs> <Suburbia>? <laughs> yeah but I I lived in the suburban area of Tokyo and I currently live in suburban um, Sydney and there's something that I prefer about the suburbias. but when I or I'm not sure if I told you but I'm planning to move to
1: Berlin and exciting i did not
0: know that oh yeah. yeah so when you said you came from germany i was like oh, wow <laughs> but yeah i'm planning to move to berlin and they talk a lot about like if you're away from the city center it's not worth it but i actually don't mind being far away from the city center but like for example a half hour commute is perfectly fine with me like right. At my job in Sydney, I have to do an hour and a half commune. I'm perfectly fine with that. So, yeah, I was a little curious. I thought would be, like, I, I wondered. But uh, in terms of, like, your favorite city when you are traveling, uh,
1: what would that city be? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say recently we went to Italy. So last summer we visited Italy and we went to Positano. And I think part of the reason I loved Positano in Italy was just for the beaches and and just the aquatic life. And it might have been different if we had stayed right in the town of Positano, but we stayed at a lovely bed and breakfast. Um, A little bit of a hike, but for us, it was perfect. I mean, we're kind of fit, active people. Um, But we stayed a little bit outside of Positano. It was, you know, a half an hour walk into town, a beautiful walk with just breathtaking views and the place that we stayed at had a private beach that had kayaks and and so for me like I just being around the sea and and the food the seafood so I love seafood so (laughs) it, it was just like a perfect combination and just you know being with my family and we were all like we had just left Rome and And this was kind of like the beach vacation and relaxing and it was a bed and breakfast. So, you know, like the next leg of our trip was a VRBO. So a little bit more on our own, but you know, with the bed and breakfast you're kind of taken care of a little bit. And so it was just like that perfect part of our vacation where as a family, you know, we had rushed around Rome and tried to see a lot of things and then we were just relaxing and enjoying the food and the, this bed and breakfast was run by a family. So the parents and the two sons and, and, and just meeting such wonderful people sitting at the beach and, you know, eating meals together. We had such a wonderful time. And so, you know, maybe it's because it's so recent, but I just, I love the, the Italian coastline. Wow.
0: How long were you in Italy for?
1: So we were there for two weeks. And if you can manage a two week vacation, I can't recommend it enough. A week, (laughs) like a week is not enough because it's like just around the time you're relaxing, you're already looking at your calendar to see what's coming up the next week. And like two weeks, you know, you have a chance to almost forget what day it is because it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. And how did you find uh, a bed and breakfast that was like family provided?
1: I am a researcher. So That's
0: what I do. <laughs> um, did you find it like through Google or like is there a website you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really, I just did a ton of Google searches. So um, when we decided that we were going to take this trip to Italy, I, I kind of picked out. I had visited Tuscany for work, so I decided that that was not going to be part of this itinerary. That mm-hmm. th- we were we were going to go to some new places, and my mother had gone to um, the Amalfi Coast and had talked about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just sounded like a place I wanted to visit. And so I started to do some research. And there are so many different places to go on the Amalfi Coast. Mm-hmm. And I really just, it was accidental that I stumbled across this place. Because if you read the reviews, everybody wants to keep it a secret. Oh. <laughs> because it's, it's <laughs> that's that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> They want to get reservations, right? And and they don't want it to fill up because it's relatively small. And, and so it was really, I mean, it was really just doing Google research. And, and you know, like, I think one of the questions that we had talked about was my travel hack. It's read reviews, right? So, you know, going on to um, Travelocity or VRBO or Home Away. And even if you're not renting through them, just like read the reviews. I mean, you get tips on like restaurants and what people loved about it. But that's really how I found it was um, you know, just kind of googling like the best places to stay. And then once I found it and I looked, I mean, there were like a thousand five star <laughs> reviews. We had to go.
0: Oh, wow. And what's and the- VR?
1: Yeah, well, and I think also, right, when you read the reviews and you hear people's comments about why they loved it and some of their, like, so they loved it because there was that small beach, because there was the kayak, because it was walking distance to town, because it was run by this lovely husband and wife and and their two older sons and you know but then the disadvantage is you have to be able to climb up and down a gazillion stops but I mean, so i think when you read the reviews right like part of like finding a place is you have to find something that clicks for you right? Like what what clicks for some people and and they might write this five-star review because it has great shopping. I mean, that's not my thing, right? So when people write the five-star review and say it has a great beach, like I'm in.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let me in. Uh, So you use like those three or four websites in
1: particular? Yeah. Those are kind of my go-tos. Yep. So Mm -hmm. Travelocity, I mean, just start with general Google and and then it'll typically pull up like Travelocity, and mm-hmm. then even if we do a lot of vacation rental by owner, so VRBO or Home Away or Airbnb. Oh. Um, so again, you know, like even just to learn about a neighborhood, you can go on those websites and click a bunch of the rentals and read the reviews to get a feel for the area. Um, but again, oh. I'm a researcher, so I <laughs> well and. in in february in chicago it's always nice to daydream about better places
0: (laughs) in the dead of winter oh my goodness wow but i'm i'm very thankful for that i mean like i have never come across those and it's good that's why you're in this podcast because we love tips and practical tricks (laughs) but yeah i i am a big sucker for the private beaches and honestly like I'm a summer baby, but I don't exactly like summer and I don't exactly <laughs> like going to beaches because they're always crowded because Sydney, yeah, <laughs> but private beaches and there's just something that I thoroughly enjoy about walking through this like blue sky, beautiful 30 degree weather and that just sounds incredible. I would definitely love to do that as a getaway. Um, But yeah for those sorts of sites does it only work in europe or does it work for like around the world from your experience
1: so i would say that we've had great success doing that through europe Um, we've also done a lot of vacationing in the u.s so i mean one of my favorite vacations was san juan islands in the state Mm -hmm. of washington in the united states that was so fun because we flew into Seattle we spent a couple of days in the city of Seattle which is absolutely gorgeous yeah, we, yeah yeah we rented a car and then we drove onto a ferry and oh, the, yeah and then you take the ferry to the San Juan Islands and we rented a house right on a bay and so we were the the house came with a little tiny fishing boat we joked that the motor looked like a like an egg beater right like a little <laughs> kitchen But, but it was perfect because, you know, it was two families with all the kids and we were able to take that boat out and catch our own crab and then eat the crab for dinner. And like, it was just such an, and, you know, and then to take the car, the car on the ferries to go visit the other islands. Like it was, it felt so adventurous. It was such a fun vacation and, you know, just great state parks and learning about the history of the San Juan Islands, which are really, um, you know, it was pretty fascinating Mm,
0: yeah i've heard a lot that the national parks in america is also pretty amazing yeah
1: but again i mean all of that you know and then we went back you know my brother and i are now grown with our own families and and so we wanted to take our families and our children to the place where we spent our summers in gulf shores alabama and so another brbo so i mean we always like because there's something like hotels are really nice and convenient but a lot of times if you're in a hotel and you could be in any city and you don't really feel that ambiance or charm of of the place that you're visiting. And so I think that's what's fabulous about renting somebody's home or apartment is that you get that local feel. Like, what is the local architecture? What is the local decor? You know, it's just such a better like way to immerse yourself in in the place that you're staying
0: that's a really cool tip and like really amazing advice because i definitely agree like i would always sort of do hotel stays in japan and yeah there there's a certain charm into staying at someone's house like the the feeling of home homeliness even if it's like not your own and it's it's just a really fascinating like mix of experience so it's really fantastic that you gave uh a sort of uh overview of that like and now i want to try it thank <laughs> <laughs> <Especially in> you <Europe. laughs>
1: Yeah, like for business travel, sometimes I have to stay in hotels, and that's fine too, right? But, you know, when you have the opportunity, it's nice to try something different. But we've had great luck with it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I'm very glad, especially with the tips that you gave. I think it also sounds like really safe tips as well. I was thinking of couch surfing, but I've heard, like, not a lot of great reviews. So thank you for that (laughs) alternative because I I do – because I think part of the reason why I wanted to do that was – I want to experience, like, the local people culture and, like, get to know that sort of side. Because to me, that's the charming part. That's the reason why I stayed in Japan for three years. I wanted to know what it was like culturally. I didn't want to just kind of dip my feet into the water, which is what I feel like being a tourist is about. But being a tourist isn't necessarily a bad thing. But Not at all. Yeah, most definitely. But I guess I just want something a little bit more. Uh, And I guess that's how I differ um, from my family sometimes when I travel. Uh, But with that being said, what's been your favorite food while you've been traveling?
1: It's definitely seafood. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, whether it's, um, you know, in our recent trip in Italy, a lot of octopus and mussels. Um, And then, you know, in Japan, sushi. And I just, you know, and then in the Gulf, Of Mexico a lot of shrimp and flounder and I just I think to me again I'm so passionate about like the the world's aquatic environments and and just the diversity of kind of the food that comes out of those environments right you know what you would get from Lake Michigan versus the Gulf of Mexico versus the Atlantic Ocean you know, so uh, versus the Mediterranean versus the Adriatic. I just, you know, it's so fun that you can have this diversity of life and sustenance from the world's water bodies.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I because I'm not usually a big seafood fan. I think I came more to once I went to Japan, but I didn't know that there was just like a different variety of seafood depending on uh where you're from so that's
1: really and even how it's served is so interesting I mean you know even if you have salmon right like if you eat salmon in Alaska it's completely different than salmon in Japan right yeah unlike so I mean, the you know not only the diversity of the types of seafood available but just how it's prepared is so interesting yeah
0: true I remember when I went to Alaska like I'm not I'm not like crazy about crabs or butter I actually do not usually like butter ever but they told us to dip this these crabs in (laughs) melted butter and it was amazing like oh my goodness it i still remember it to this day it was one of the best things i've ever eaten and i think that's a fascinating thing about travel you just taste something that you never thought you would have liked before and all those incredible things but mm, what's your top three dishes that you've had when you've been traveling
1: oh my top three dishes so i will tell you when like when i go to china i love the mushrooms because again like there's so many different flavors and textures so when i go to china i always tell them like i don't care what you order but just make sure you order some mushrooms because (laughs) i love them wow mushrooms. yeah and then um I would say like in, in like in Gulf Shores, the grilled oysters, I like, because they prepare them in different ways. I mean, you can just have very simple, like I love raw oysters, but Mm -hmm. I really enjoy grilled oysters because again, like raw oysters are pretty basic, but when you grill them, you can prepare them in different ways. So you can just have a basic grilled oyster, or sometimes they'll put chorizo, like a nice spicy sausage and a jalapeno and a little bit of cheese or maybe some spinach and white wine. And so I, yeah, I really kind of enjoy that Southern style cooking. And then, I mean, like I could die for risotto. Like if I were (laughs) on a deserted island and I can only bring one food item with me, it would be risotto.
0: (laughs) So definitely like Italian food as well.
1: Wow. it's just such a great basic like you can do a million things with risotto you know you can make it cheesy you can put seafood in it you can put vegetables in it like it's just such a great base like a nice creamy good stick to your ribs comfort food
0: oh wow I've there's always been like a big myth in Sydney and I think it's because I watch MasterChef (laughs) That risotto is, like, really hard to pull off perfectly. But the risotto that I've had is definitely very nice. But it's really interesting to hear that perspective of seafood. I've never heard someone, like, really, really enjoy their seafood. But I I have to admit that if you go to those, uh, I guess, more tropical sort of areas and you try seafood, it's just some kind of wonderful. It really is. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh so with that being said, uh has there ever been a moment uh where it's shattered your travel stereotypes?
1: So again, you know, this is kind of interesting because I I guess I don't even think that there are stereotypes tra- or uh, travel stereotypes. And and so yeah. for me kind of, you know, like reading articles about travel and looking at how much information is out there currently around female solo traveler. Yeah. Um, You know, to me, like, it's so interesting because I guess I just thought that was normal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, because I just for business, right. Like, and, and, you know, with my mom traveling and then I was traveling, like, I just thought that was kind of normal. But, but what I do love about it is I grew up in that situation and I had that kind of support system behind me that told me that it was normal. And so I didn't even know it was a stereotype. And so what I really appreciate about that kind of being brought into the forefront is that it's encouraging a lot of women who might be afraid to travel to just get out there and explore the world. So to me, it was kind of like, I didn't even realize there was a stereotype (laughs) until <laughs> and, and people started to write about it and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so true like i I was just always encouraged to like go out and explore the world, but there are other women who haven't had that encouragement or felt safe doing it and so like I really appreciate you know all of the the bloggers and the writers and the you know the tour operators out there who are really encouraging women to just you know don't wait for a partner or You know somebody to travel with just get out there and do it and have fun and see the world so i just i think that's kind of a cool thing
0: oh that is really really fantastic to hear because i mean uh as someone that comes from asian descent i'm filipino and my parents were and are super super strict like i really wanted to travel for a long time but my parents were just like you can't travel by yourself or even like, even though I'm 26 right now, like, if I come home late, they're like, why do you come home late? You know, it's not safe for you, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I think it's really cool and really important to break that travel or to break the stereotype that women can't defend themselves or they have to be with a partner in order to enjoy their life. Like, so, right. I mean, it's nice to be with a partner, but, I mean, that's kind of not fair. I mean, like if men are encouraged to travel by themselves, I mean, why can't women? I mean, we're both equal, just in different ways. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it's really fantastic that you brought that to us. And I, what would you recommend for any of the women solo travelers out there?
1: So, you know, I mean, you definitely have to travel smart, right? So again, that's where you have to do research. Um, and then, you know, if you can connect with somebody locally, I think that helps, like, especially at the, at the start of your visit, just so, you know, maybe like some kind of a local tour operator can kind of give you the lay of the land where, you know, where you can go safely. Um, I mean, for me, that's, you know, a lot of times if I'm traveling for business, uh, what I love about that is that I get to meet local you know, colleagues, right? So if I'm traveling to China, or in, in Europe, I haven't been to South America yet, I'm hoping to get there. Um, but, you know, when I'm traveling, I'm usually working with local uh, employees of, our, of my company. And, and so a lot of times, you know, they can give me tips. Um, mm-hmm. Or again, you know, just doing online research, if you are staying at a hotel, you can ask the hotel for tips on where you can go and i always make sure like especially traveling in countries where i'm not comfortable or very well versed in the language i always get cards so i know like if yeah. i get in a cab or i can tell people where to take me to get back again you know like even if you're staying in a in a vrbo or an airbnb Usually the host meets you when you check into that rental. And again, they're very useful in in helping you kind of navigate the the local area. And, you know, they'll typically spend a lot of time with you because they want you to enjoy your visit and write good reviews. So they'll give you great <laughs> tips on, you know, where to eat and where to go and where not to go. Oh,
0: I did not know that because I've done Airbnb before, but like I never saw my house. But I think that's a really important tip for solo travelers especially.
1: Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, like amazing. take advantage of, of all that support, you know, is, or, or yeah. go to a hospital and it's kind of the same thing. You know, there's usually people that can help you navigate or other people staying there that will help show you around. And again, I think that's especially important, like early in your stay, and then you can get a little bit more confident and, and venture out on your own.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you ever had a stay where it was completely like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm meant to travel this area. I've never heard of this area before.
1: So I did in, in a very strange place. It was Portland, Maine. And oh. I- <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I was kind of visiting, you know, some customers and, and some work colleagues in a remote part of Maine and I had an early flight in the morning and so I thought, oh, I'm going to be smart instead of driving late at night um, or instead of driving early in the morning and and having to leave when it's still really dark out, you know, I'll leave in the evening and I'll drive to Portland, Maine and I'll get a hotel room. Well, (laughs) I, I, I'm not even sure what was happening in the city of Portland, but there was not a <laughs> hotel room to be found that didn't cost like $600 or more. And I was wow. like, I can't, I can't do that. So finally, the one of the concierge at the hotel that had the $600 room told me, because I told, like, I cannot, like, I will get in so much trouble if I expense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I just called this hotel down the road and they have one more room left. So if you hop in your car and you drive over there, you can get it. So I pulled into the parking lot and I I could just tell like this was not like necessarily a safe place to stay. And-, oh. and- when I got into the hotel room, it was kind of odd. it had um it was more like like a motel, which can be nice like we've stayed at cute charming little motels in Michigan. But, <laughs> but this one was kind of like maybe a little bit um how can I say like run down It was not well cared for. and so when I checked in, you know it, it the lobby was not very nice, but I was like okay, it's one night I can do this for one night <laughs> and it was just, I walked into the room, and the it was raining, and water was leaking. It had two doors. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. So it had, like, a door on the front side and the back side, and it was raining, and it was leaking under the doors, and the carpet was wet. No. And so, like, when you walked on the carpet, it was, like, squishy. And then, the, <laughs> like, the room just smelled horrible. So I... I... <laughs> I just like at that point, I was like, you know what? It's one night, I- I'd rather be camping, right? Like, I'd rather be sleeping on the earth with bugs. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna lie on the bed, I'm not taking my clothes off. It's one night, I can take a shower when I get home in the morning. And so, I took the bed cover off and I slept on top of the sheets in my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, and in the morning, I Brushed my teeth and went to the airport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you use a water bottle? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my like, like, I mean, of all the places I travel, like, I mean, I've been to interesting places in China, right? You know, and, and but it's like like in Portland, Maine, like sometimes when you travel in China and I go visit some of our customers, I mean, you know, they don't have women's bathrooms or if they do it's like a hole in the ground or even in like some parts of Europe right when you get into these remote areas but um like I didn't expect that in Portland Maine <laughs> yeah. that's America right I'm thinking like that's an American state right it is yes out on the east coast it was on the ah, east coast
0: that's the like, place
1: that you know all over it's just like I, I mean I thought I was by the airport and like I was just expecting something different <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's
0: that's a wow i can't <laughs> it reminds me of like the start of a horror story it always yeah. starts in like a hotel and motel
1: <laughs> good point so when i start my creative writing maybe i'll have to make that the start of my story
0: <laughs> yeah. honestly hotels and motels can be like so creepy but since i've seen it so much in like pop culture is kind of like an eerie place. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a, in a movie. There's probably an alien that's about to come out, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, It's amazing, right? It's it's part of the adventure of traveling.
1: It is totally part of the adventure. And like I said, I, mean, I just laughed about it. And I'm like, you know what? It's one night. Like, you can do anything for one night. <laughs> and I
0: mean, like, when you go under these sorts of experiences, it just broadens your perspective like I remember I was I had to like I went to New Caledonia and then I had to go to a toilet it was pitch dark and the thing is I've stayed in like people's houses that don't have a bathroom that don't have a refrigerator but yeah I was in New Caledonia the lights were off I mean it was a normal toilet like not a whole toilet but the lights are off there was no toilet paper I really didn't trust myself actually sitting on the seat because I couldn't actually see the toilet. I could kind of, like, (laughs) see the rim of it. And I couldn't put anything on the ground because I'm pretty sure the ground was, like, half water, half something else. And I was just like, oh, man, this is, like, the dodgiest toilet that I've ever been on. And I've been, like, on a lot of really dodgy toilets. Yeah, like... And the thing is, I've been to the countryside. I've seen holes in the floor. I I have toilet... Because my grandma taught me how to toilet, like doing the squat. So like, <laughs> I, I, I like all of those experiences of being on a toilet just like flashed before my eyes until I was <laughs> like there. It's incredible. You you don't know what you'll experience until you get but there. But
1: even you know, but even from that that crazy like hotel, like I mean, I learned right like. You know, oh. sometimes don't wing it with your travel plan. If you have a good plan, stick with it and don't wing it. But yeah, it was kind of a mistake I made in the execution of my plan. So I'm more careful because of the experience. That's how we learn, you know. That's how we become yeah. like seasoned travelers, right? Yeah. And I mean, if we
0: don't listen to these sorts of stories, you don't realize that these things can very well happen until you're there, right?
1: Like, I thought <laughs> it was being so smart. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to drive while it's light out. I'm not going to wake up when it's still dark out and I'm tired and it's early in the morning and the coffee shop's not even open.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's, that's, that's how you learn. But that's, well, instead of us like thinking about maybe the not so, great of our memorable travel experiences what is a good memorable travel experience for you that you remember
1: and so for me i I mean there are several trips so i could say you know my family and i were in san diego for a couple weeks a couple years ago um i got to do that research trip in the caribbean but for me like my favorite part of vacation is you know, maybe being busy during the day, whether it's sightseeing or on um, the research trip, diving and and working in the in the lab aboard the ship. But it's kind of like being busy during the day and enjoying, you know the place that you're at and seeing things and doing things. Like in San Diego, like every every morning we'd go out and do something a little different. We'd come back in the afternoon and we'd go boogie boarding. But then it was like that evening hour. Like to me, like I love being, you know, in an active kind of water sport vacation mode during the day. But then those evening hours when you just kind of like, oh, let's unwind, let's reflect on the day, let's have a nice glass of wine, let's barbecue. So for me, like those are my special vacation moments. It's, you know, kind of that, that twilight hour, right? Where, you know, you've just had an amazing day and you're reflecting on the day and you're just kind of slowing down and enjoying time with the people that that you love whether it's friends or family like to me like those are my special moments
0: wow I, like it's really interesting because personally for me my sort of i guess twilight hour or the time where I like to wind down is actually my mornings like yeah feel, yeah like i have a tendency to wake up very early in the morning and then have coffee in silence for like half an hour. <laughs> I know that sounds a little weird, but like Not I don't. <laughs> but like I don't, I don't, I don't even look at social media. I literally just drink coffee in silence. Like I don't, I don't even listen to news. But it just helps me. And I don't know why. Like thinking about it, I don't know why I'm unwinding in the morning. Uh, but <laughs>
1: I. <laughs> guess- you're preparing for the day right yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it's strange I feel like that silent 30 minutes is how I'm able to successfully take in what the rest of my day will be and but I, I do have to admit like I definitely think you need a time where you have a period of just relaxing and unwinding to really enjoy where you are at that moment, whether you're traveling or not. So it's really nice to hear that. Yeah.
1: Have to say, my twilight hour is not so relaxing at home.
0: <laughs> not really. <laughs> morning <laughs> or nighttime?
1: Well, maybe a little bit in the morning, but right, like you, you know, usually like the after school, after work, dinner, laundry. Yeah. So that's why on vacation, maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. Is because it is. You know, I'm not rushing around like I am in my normal day-to-day life. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, that's the best part about vacations for a lot of people because I know some people are just like, "Gotta
1: do everything. But <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I think the best part about vacation is that period where you don't do anything in a place you have never been to before. And there's there's something strangely wonderful about that. Yeah. So really nice yeah. Is there like a specific country or city where you're just like, goodness, this feels fantastic? For me, it's Hawaii. I'm just like, I don't like summer, but I'll love summer here forever.
1: (laughs) I love Hawaii. Kauai was so amazing. And again, it's because like we didn't have a super overly planned itinerary and we just kind of you know had our little rental car and just explored and went kayaking and hiking and oh my gosh i loved it yeah uh
0: but uh yeah which place was like the best place for unwinding and just
1: yeah i mean gosh it's so hard to say i mean for me honestly it's really anywhere around the water and we've had some great so i lived in san diego for a while my husband is from southern california but there's something about going out there. I mean, it's, it's really crowded, but, but we, like, if we go out there, we typically stay near the beach. And, and I love just, you know, kind of like being able to walk everywhere. So you're at the beach, you can walk to the restaurants, like in the afternoon, you know, we, we do go out boogie boarding. And so for me, you know, like, honestly, any Anytime I'm close to water, I am totally in my element, right? You know, whether it's San Diego um, or like recently as part of our trip to Italy, we were in Rome. We went to um, Amalfi Coast and then we went to kind of the heel of the boot, a region called Puglia. Mm-hmm. And And what I really loved about that was just the diversity of the beaches. I mean, so many different styles of beaches. And again, you know, just that's kind of where the Italians go for vacation. And, oh, and you would just feel that like celebration and, you know, every town had a festival. And, and so for me, like that, that region of Puglia was, you yeah. know, it's known for kind of the beaches and the food, the very simple food. It was mm-hmm. wonderful.
0: Oh, wow. Oh yeah. And your blog is like mainly about Italy, right? Or...
1: So it's interesting. It's, You know, I would say, like, my blog, Provenance Preservation, is really about just experiencing life and, like, appreciating. So, Provenance, the word Provenance, right, is story. It kind of comes from, for Americans and and maybe some English, like, Antiques Roadshow, right? Mm -hmm. So, they'd present these great antiques, and they'd always talk about the Provenance. Like, where did the item come from? Who owned it? And so, for me, like, Provenance is all about the stories that we're making as we're living our lives, and whether it's you know, what you're doing to fix up your home, to entertain your friends and family and 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 celebrate life with the people you love, or whether it's traveling and exploring the world and experience experiencing different cultures. So it's a little bit all over the place, but I would say, like, the blog is really focused on, you know, kind of creating a home that you love. And then also travel. And right now it's a little bit focused on Italy just because most of my recent trips have involved Italy. And I feel like I must have been an Italian in a past life or something. Um, (laughs) I feel a little bit obsessed with that right now. Um, But stay tuned because there's a lot more travel to come.
0: (laughs) But I have heard that Italy is just like, when i went there i went to rome and venice and venice is like my favorite city that i've traveled to like it's just i i like what you said there's something about the water but i think maybe it's because i'm a pisces like (laughs) 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 like i because even when i was in japan i lived in a neighborhood where there was actually a lot of rivers I lived like ten to fifteen minutes near a park where it has a huge humongous pond and it's filled with just like turtles and ducks and koi fish and I I yeah, I agree. Like there's something about just walking at the side of the sea or like even when I'm on a cruise, just watching the sea? Because I don't actually like swimming. I just like being next to the sea for some reason. I
1: think it's just it's peaceful to watch the light, like the sunlight glistening on the water. I actually, when we were on vacation I took like a five minute video of the sunlight glistening on the water because it was so beautiful. And I'm like, you know what? When I go home, I'm gonna need to like watch this all the time. To relax.
0: <laughs> Set as like your video background screen or it something.
1: Is. if you ever need like water glistening or sunlight <laughs> on the water, I've got the video for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's it's beautiful and there's like I don't know, there's something really calming about it. Even my brother, he hates water, like he hates the rain and he hates the sea for some reason. But he's also the type of person that likes watching the sea or like likes to be by the sea. Maybe that's why I don't like being in the water. I prefer being like right. by the sea. near it. Yeah, but it's there's definitely something calming and peaceful about being near it. So I definitely agree. But-
1: like the breeze, the sound of the waves, the smell. <laughs> you know, it has a smell to it. It's just yeah. yeah
0: and temperate like ah, uh, yeah i don't know why but water is nice
1: <laughs> but
0: with that being said uh what is i mean you you've traveled to like quite a lot of places so far but what are the next three places that you'd like to go that are on your or your top the top yeah. of your bucket list
1: so i love to travel so you know i have that list right <laughs> you're always thinking about where you're gonna go next yeah so, um, <laughs> So for me like one of my dreams is uh to go and, and I don't even know so much that it has to be a certain place but I'm looking for a certain experience right so it could be Costa Rica it could be somewhere else but for some reason in my mind I kind of have Costa Rica in mind but I want to do like a I want to do a women's surf camp and I want to go by myself like I want to go all alone so I'm encouraged to kind of meet new people um but i want to go to maybe like costa rica or somewhere similar and do like a yoga surf camp wow i I I just i don't (laughs) surf i tried i'm totally clumsy and i just don't have the coordination to pop up but if I spent like a week with a bunch of other women and just like I imagine like, you know, waking up and drinking mango smoothies and then going and doing like yoga and then having some tea and like some wonderful fresh seafood for lunch and then spending the afternoon out in the ocean surfing like that is like my dream. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Like now that because like I've never thought about neither
0: yoga or surfing but now that you've explained in that sort of line I'm like man,
1: that does sound
0: relaxing <laughs> yeah,
1: and then like, you know going to bed like early and reading a nice book and then waking up in the morning and doing it all over again like that's that's number one for me yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's my number one and then I've always wanted to go to Thailand and Bali mm,
0: you haven't been there before I'm under the you impression know. that you have No,
1: and that is definitely somewhere I have to go. Thailand and Bali.
0: Oh, wow, yeah. Actually, like, now that you've mentioned it, it just, like, suddenly popped up. But in terms of, like, research and, like, your research travels, which one has been the most interesting one for you?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a fantastic question. And (laughs) so, so, I I mean, I'm sorry, I have to come back to Italy again because... (laughs) Because part of this whole obsession with Italy started with that silly movie, Under the Tuscan Sun.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know that movie. Like, okay, explain. <laughs> so
1: it's about, yeah, and, and there's a book. Um, and it was a really popular movie in America with starring Diane Lane. And and she is divorced. And she, you know, is trying to figure out what she's going to do next. And she ends up in Italy buying a villa, and then rehabbing this villa, right? So fixing it up and, and making it her home. And so that's kind of like how this whole trip to Italy started was, you know, I had watched the movie for probably the thousandth <laughs> <50th> fiftieth time. Because <laughs> right, what a cool dream, go to Italy and buy a villa and fix it up and live there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. How this all started out was just one morning joking with my cup of coffee, joking around with my husband on some horrible, again, probably maybe (laughs) January morning that, you know, can you really buy a villa in Italy and how much does a villa in Italy cost? And so (laughs) I just started Googling it, right? (laughs) You started researching it. (laughs) started doing the research and then I came across these like really interesting little houses in the Puglia region on the Adriatic Sea called Trulio Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh these little houses are so charming and so like it was just this whole snowball effect because I was like oh we're thinking about going to Italy well then we have to go to that part of Italy because we have to see Trulio and maybe Uh, if we go there maybe we could get one as a souvenir it didn't happen but it was a (laughs) <laughs>
0: close enough close enough
1: and but yeah
0: wow so that's yeah, that's,
1: like, that's like my funny story about doing the research right is that like it started out with a movie it started out with this concept of can you really buy a villa and how much does it cost and can you fix them up and then like next thing we knew we were visiting right yeah so, <laughs> I better start on Thailand and Bali. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the good
0: thing about it is at least, um, or yeah, it feels like at least Italy, uh, how how do I, um, Italy was up to your expectations that you envisioned when you went there.
1: Yeah, and so again, like doing the research and planning the trip, like, so it's funny because the follow-up, I have a blog post about planning the trip, And the follow-up blog post is about, like, the execution of the trip and how did it go versus the plan. And, you you know, and, like, in researching, like, how do you get from Rome to Positano? And how do you get from Positano to Puglia or Polignano Amare? And so, you know, just, like, how did that all work out? Like, I had the plan, but then what was it like when it was executed? And so I give that trip a five-star, right? (laughs) Oh, what was it like? Like, yeah.
0: expectations versus reality. I mean, like, how was it in the scheme of things?
1: So, honestly, it was, like, it exceeded my expectations. I mean, and we did everything. So, like, you know, we flew into Rome. We took, and then we ended up taking a train. And then we hired somebody to take us to Pompeii, to tour Pompeii, oh. and then take the to Positano. And then we took a ferry, Um, to, I think it was to Sorrento. And then in Sorrento, we rented a car. And then we drove across. And, and then we took, like, a little internal, like, airline to get back to Rome. And it just, I mean, it really all worked out perfectly. Wow. And exceeded my expectations because we, there's so many different places to stay in Puglia. I had a really, really hard time picking one and I didn't want to have to, like, I just wanted to kind of pick a place and feel like we could settle in and relax and get to know the area rather than trying to jump around and see everything. Uh-huh. And so we picked a town And I just, I fell, in. we all fell in love with it. We just loved it. It was such a wonderful town and then close enough to the train that we could visit all of the other places, you know, on little day trips, but um, not have to pack our bags every night and go somewhere else. So it was a lot of fun.
0: (gasps) That's excellent. Yeah. Thank you for that. I hear so much about like the countryside of Italy and it just seems so charming. Makes me want to go there more. So Thank you for that. And I'm really glad to hear that how you planned it exceeded your expectations because yeah. I mean like whenever i hear people and they're like oh this isn't what i thought it would be it's like what did you think it was going to be
1: but <laughs> yeah and, I mean, obviously that comes back to reading the reviews right and and you know we vacationed all over the west coast you know down in the in the south and it's really like when you read the reviews, if you really listen to what people are saying in those reviews, you get a pretty good understanding of, of, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, the yeah. rental itself, and then the the area and, and what you should see or what you should, you know, should avoid.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's actually really a really good tip. I mean, even for people who just decide to uproot their life and go somewhere else, I really recommend that you read reviews. Like it's so easy. Like, if you want information, just read people's reviews. <laughs> like, because I, I, I mean, as someone that uprooted my life when, when became an English teacher, heard a lot of people complain, this is what, this isn't what I thought it would be. And I honestly did a lot of my research. I mean, I, I went to Japan and I studied with a Japanese, like a Japanese major. So I knew exactly what I was getting. I... I knew, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but yeah, like just listening to other people's like previous experiences have has helped me a lot. Uh, anyway, apart from that, I the podcast is coming to its end. But before I let you leave, I just want to know what is your number one travel hack?
1: My number one travel hack, like I, I mean, it's really it is reading the reviews, um, <laughs> you know, and and. Right, like you know, you could talk about like the best suitcase or you know, like how to pack. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, I you just figure those things out. And you know, like when I was a young traveler, I mean, way overpacked. Right, like now I. <laughs> so streamlined in what I bring and like, you know, trying to bring things I can like wash in the, in the shower and hang up <laughs> overnight. Right. It's like, so, I mean, you know, those are like hacks you just kind of figure out over time. I think um, the one hack I need to get better about is like all these frequent flyer, like hotel stay programs. Cause I uh. like I'm letting a ton of opportunities <laughs> fly away. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> And again, I mean, you know, I think it's 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 planning and it's it's doing your research because that way when you have your trip, you don't have regrets. And and of course, I mean, there are always surprises that are going to come along the way. But if you want to have a lovely vacation, right, it, it's all about the planning. And so, I, I mean, that is my hack is just plan well, right? yeah,
0: yeah, minimize
1: the surprises. There's always going to be some, but, you know, do everything in your power to minimize the surprises.
0: Oh my goodness. I think that is like definitely the best tip that I've heard. Minimize the surprises because there's so many when you go on vacation. So thank you so much for your
1: favorite subject. Thanks for the invitation to join you, Jules.
0: No worries. It's been such a fun time and I've learned so much. And for the listeners out there who want to hear more from you, how can they find you? You can find me at
1: www provenancepreservation.com
0: yeah <laughs> and social media
1: yes exactly so i mean you can find me at on pinterest that, that's a place where i'm really active and then twitter and, and instagram as well
0: also no worries thank you laura uh if you want to see more of her favorite images and her favorite blog posts you can find it at the world begins with you social media as well through twitter instagram and facebook and you can and Oh, why did I start then? And if you'd like to watch this, you can always find The World Begins with You on YouTube. And if you're watching, you can always just listen to us on your commute or on your way to work through Stitcher and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So thank you again so much, Laura. I'd love to hear from you later on, anytime in Chicago. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll be your tour guide. Connect with me. Thank you.
0: You'll be my VR bio. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank (laughs) you.
1: Thank
0: you. But I hope that all of you have a wonderful day. I hope that you all eat lots, sleep lots, and I'll see you next time on The World Begins With You.